Hey everyone and welcome back to episode 3, season 2, another episode of Life, the Mind and Other Shit with Coaching Minds. I'm your host today, Paul Smith, and I'm joined by two of our absolutely fantastic coaches, Adele and Nandini, and I'm really looking forward to connecting with you guys today. It's nice to be here and nice to be back for another podcast episode and also looking forward to connecting with both of you and it's going to be quite the interesting talk. Hello everyone, Andini here. Uh, it's great to be back in this uh, podcast. And yes, like Adele said, this is a really uh, interesting topic to discuss. So really look, looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, and it will be good to hear our listeners' views on this and really get some thoughts because it is a one that is a lot of things depend on. So today's question is, can we be friends with our ex? What do we think? Can we be friends with our ex? I think it's up to individuals. <laughs> That's the, the answer. Uh, if you think we can, you know, you can, then you can. If you think not, I think it's not. It's like, can we be friends with Paul? What's your answer? It's not going to be like yes or not. It's going to be depending, you know, uh, individual and so many other things. But in my case, yes. We can be friends with our ex if we have especially if we have kids i'm saying you know like i have so many <laughs> i have so many exes <laughs> i have so many exes not so many but you know more than one and two and i don't talk to every single exes because i have nothing to talk about you know i didn't have kids with them and absolutely i have nothing but there's one particular ex ex-husband i have two children with then yes i'm in i'm, I'm friend with him so yeah let's see what i'll say actually so lo lots of exes and lots of friends yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> not a lot of exes but yeah more than two i would say <laughs> well what I'm picking up from Andini is that that she's sort of on the fence because she says you can if you want to be and you can't if you, if you don't want to be, then you don't have to be. For me, personally, definitely not friends, um, even though we there is two kids involved. Um, there is zero contact from all sides. Um, and that's for various reasons. And I think when it comes to protecting your children, um, protecting your own mental health. It's rather e better and more for your well-being just to cut the ties completely and not have that contact and move on with your life rather than having negativity coming into it. Yeah, so what I'm hearing from you both there, um, so we've got two ends of the spectrum. You've got Andini, who is friends with her ex, who she's got two kids with. We've got Adele, who's not friends with her ex, who's got two kids with. I think the first important point that I'm hearing from the discussion is that, you know, there's no yes or no, there's no cut answer. A lot of people do have that. You can never be friends with an ex. They're an ex for a reason. You need to cut them out of your life. You need to move on. Some people think, no, the people I always want to be friends with my exes, we've shared that relationship. We've shared those memories. We've shared those connections. I want them to still be part of my life, even if I don't see them, um, and I'll be civilized and, and speak with them. Um, and I think they're, they're both ends of extremists. 
And I think, as, as Andini said, there's no difference between being friends with your ex than being friends with, you know, Andini or Dell or whoever. Like, it's it's the person in general and it's what's happened in that relationship, what they've done, for you, done to you or you've done to them or things that have happened that are going to determine whether or not you can carry that relationship forward. So I think just to open the discussion up a little bit further, the question I have for you both is, what is it that would make you be friends with an ex or what would it, what is it that makes you not be friends with an ex yeah thank you um what can make a friend with an ex again like i, I don't want to go around and around but uh, x is just the label that we put you know or we give uh because we had that relationship but you know x x anything but then as a human, it's just a human, it's individual. Would you be, you know, what would you be friend? Like, if you wanna be friend with somebody, because why? And if you don't wanna be friend with somebody, because why? You know, it doesn't matter if it's ex, for me, yeah? Ex-husband, ex-mother-in-law, maybe ex-friends, ex-employer, uh, ex-employees. It's just individuals, like the ex, if you remove the ex, would you be friend with someone so nice to you? Yes. Would you be friend with someone so nasty and negative like Adele said? No, it doesn't matter if it's ex or even maybe let's say mom. Sometimes people like cut their ties with their own mom because it's so negative and it's just bad for both of them. So I think in my opinion, the ex part, if you can remove that just to see the person, then you can judge just straight through, you know, to that person. So I don't know. Um, what can make it um, friend with X? If, because whatever, especially, or usually, X is, uh, you know, when you, you divorce or, you know, uh, separate or break up, usually something bad happened. And let's say in my case, because he was unfaithful in the marriage, but that's from my story. He probably have his own story. Um, and then why did I decide to be friend with him? Because he was sorry for what he did and he changed his behavior. He's not continuously hurting me or doing unfaithful thing to me because there's no more that marriage relationship. You know, he's just being a person, back to person, he's a genuine person, whatever, you know, he, he do this, he do that, no. He's being a person with me, he's being a person with any one of his friends. So then I remove everything what he did because I believe that every human being in this world at some point making you know, made mistake. And do I just uh, judge from that mistake for the rest of my life, even if he's being nice, you know, and he doesn't do what he did? No, I can't do that for me um that doesn't mean what he did was okay or was correct you know but uh moving on for me especially for my own like peace of mind um yeah i i, I number one i forgave him i forgive myself for forgiving him and i i think most more important is how i feel about it and i feel great by talking to him rather than having that grudge to him, you know, being bitter and better type thing. You know, for me, being bitter is kind of 
heavy. I feel heavy in my shoulder because I have to, oh, I, I shouldn't talk to him because what he did or all this thing. And then I cannot, my kids cannot talk about his father in front of me because I hate him. That's for me is heavy. But by letting go of everything, I feel lighter, happier, and the kids can talk freely. They can talk about their dads. They can, you know, speak on the phone. They can go for dinner. The dad can come. Seeing that for me is worth everything. That makes me feel peaceful within myself. But I could imagine this is not for many, for, for everybody. Uh, and again, I think you just have, oh, what? Sorry. Sorry, I just want to hear from Adele here as well. Um, and I do want to come back and ask you a question. So um, Adele, can you share on the opposite end of the, the spectrum? Well, opposite end of the spectrum, Paul, I would go um, on what Andini has said. Um, forgiving, for me, it's repeat, repeated behavior. Um, you can forgive a person once, but if they keep on doing it, even after you've split up, are you really that guilty in that whole relationship? Does that person really deserve a chance to spend time with or have your energy or even take time up in your mind and your thoughts? Do they deserve that time? To me, it's definitely no. Um, it's just, as I said, cut it off and move on. Um, and forgiveness, you can forgive that person, but it doesn't mean that you have to be friends with that person. Um, I've done that. I've, I've forgiven that person, but I've moved on with my life um, because I'm not going to have all negativity coming back to me all the time. And the same with the children. Things that, that's happened with the children is, does he really deserve to be called the father at the end of the day? That, that's where I'm at. Um, he's been absent in their lives for four or five years. Is he a father? Does he deserve that friendship? No. Um, and I know I've got a very um, hard stance on it, but I think for your mental well-being, as I said earlier, it's better to not have that friendship. You can still forgive, forgive yourself for what you've allowed in that relationship and move on. Um, I'm thinking of a question for, for Andini about forgiveness is... Does a person really change that much? There's that saying, a leopard never changes its spots. Is that self-doubt not still there? Self-doubt for what? To him? Like if he will ever do what he did? or? Well, in, in your thoughts, do you think it happened once? Or do you have those thoughts that it's happened more than once? If you say the person cheated, um, do you what what do you feel? Um, do you doubt that it happened more than once or only once? Oh, okay. Uh, that relationship is ended because of that. So I didn't like forgive him and then continue with my relationship. We end the relationship, marriage, but I continue to be a kind person. Does I continue to be kind to anyone? Not only for him. And because he was kind to me afterwards, of course he don't cheat anymore because we don't have relationship anymore with him in that relationship. We are just, I just respect him as a person and as a father of my child. I can, because I think um, like what you say about 
um, you know, your uh, your son's father being absent from his life does absolutely make sense. Make sense <laughs> because I probably would do the same if someone is missing. You know, why would I have to be in touch with someone who is missing? But in my case, it's different because he's always there. He's always a good father throughout cheating process. You know, he was bad to me, let's say bad in my opinion, but he was never bad to his children. He always being there for his children. That's, I respect that. Between us, finito. But to the kids, he was always there. <laughs> How come there is some there? Okay, um, so, so you've made some really good points and to have the uh, both ends of the spectrum here in terms of, um, you know, you made a really good point with forgiveness, Adele. I really like your point with forgiveness in terms of just because we forgive someone doesn't mean we need to keep them in our lives. So I'm not going to share much on my thoughts on this because um, I'm really interested to, to ask you guys a few more questions. Um, I've got exes. I've got a fair few exes. Some of them I'm still friends with, some I still speak to, some I don't. Again, it depends on what actually happened. It also depends on them as a person as well and where they're at on their journey of growth. So if they've done something to you, so effectively if they've cheated on you, they might not feel like they want to speak to you. They might be the ones that are pulling away. It's not always the person that's been cheated on that cuts that cord. It could be the person that's actually cheated that cuts that cord. And they, because of what they've done, they feel, you know, shamed, regretful, um, and they can really, really pull away. Um, so one of the questions I have, um, going back to, to you, Andini, first of all, is, you know, I think you really, I liked your point you meant, you mentioned in terms of he were, your ex is, is really good father, really good with the kids. Okay, he was disloyal, but that disloyalty was just with me. Um, and obviously when you're not together, he cannot be disloyal because there's no relationship anymore. So you can still kind of salvage and hold on to the, the good aspects of what were there. Um, so the first question I have is you say you're friends with your ex, okay? Like how close are you guys? And you know, how does your, I know you're, you're married again now, how does your current husband feel about that too? Yeah, I would say I'm very blessed with this situation, which I thought, wow, Honestly, at the beginning, when, when things happened, I said, oh, my God, I will never speak to him ever again. He hurt me. He did. You know, that's what my first. But after a while, I said, you know what? I let go. He's doing good. And then I met my husband and I was like, oh, how is it going to be? You know, maybe he will be OK or not. But regardless, I will always be in touch with him for the sake of the kid. Or maybe we have to talk about kids. That's something that. I can see is non-negotiable. I'm already in a kind of going forward to good relationship with my ex and my husband came and I wouldn't stop because he came, you know, unless my ex is doing something, uh, how do I say, inappropriate, let's say. Of course, I will cut him off, you know, but if he do what he do, then I this is non-negotiable deal with my husband. But the thing is, my husband made it so easy he also very understanding and he see the value like he hold very high the value of that my children need their father and he would never step into the shoes of father so he almost like i don't know this is you know it's very rare i would say um he is almost the one who pushes me to be 
a good co-parenting, you know, and that's make things easier. So I would say I'm very blessed with that. Man, that's amazing. Like, it's really beautiful and it is rare, but people need to really take, be inspired by you and your situation um, because, um, it, like you said, it's rare for one and two. Everybody in that situation is putting the kids before themselves. And I think that's where that, that dynamic really works is when everyone's thinking about the kids. You're thinking about your kids. Their father's thinking about the kids. And your current husband is thinking about the kids as well. And that's what's important. And it's really, honestly, I, I, I love that story. I love how, you know, I've seen your videos and things and how close you all are and how civilized and, and how good you are. And it's it's really, really inspiring. So but thank you for sharing that today. And I just kind of want to take it to Adele on, on the other end of the spectrum. Because um, you mentioned um, your kid's father, your ex, has been absent from uh, your your children's life for four to five years. And how how do you feel about that? How like how's it how hard's it been in terms of you know in terms of the relationship with your kids and their, their father? Um it's it's difficult. It, it it's really a difficult situation because I had to take the decision to protect my children. So first of all, in our divorce settlement, I put um, the kids was, I mean, the, they were young. They were like, I can't even remember. They, one was in primary school, one was just in high school. And I put in the settlement, you can see the kids if they want to see you. So I always left that choice to the children. If they wanted to see their dad, they would have seen him. I would not have kept them from him, um, but it was their choice. Um, and he signed for it, which to me, he didn't even fight for it. He didn't even say, but I don't agree. He just signed. Um, and then he would have off and off contact with, in the beginning, um, by taking the one out, for instance, and leaving the other one at home, or buying the one expensive gift and the other one a secondhand gift. Um, and that to me was manipulation and like making the one feel is more important than the other one. And um, things just spiraled from there. And then he would have them on WhatsApp and then he would block them. Then he would say hello and they would say hello back. Then he would block them. So it, it's totally the type of person he is. And over four, five years, it hasn't changed um at all so for me it, it, it's difficult um there's that void so, so just so we can put this into perspective and up curiosity for our listeners i just what age are we talking about in terms of your children both 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 of you uh, okay um when my divorce happened, um, I think one was uh, about, sure, 11, and the other one was about 13, 14, around about there. There's three-year three difference between the two. So it's about, yeah, between 10, 11, and 13, 14. 
um, yeah, that was their ages. And I had to step in for them, to protect them for their mental health. Yeah, Antini? Yeah, for me, uh, when it's happened, it's in 2011, 2010, I think, 2010. One was three and one was six, so much younger than you are there. And now as we, uh, you know, continue speaking, I think I can see how we are so different, uh, you know, dealing with this because it's different circumstances and situation and, you know, the exes are behaving very, very differently. And I understand, like, yeah, I think even if it's not X, if it's negative in our life, I think we just automatically cut that person. Yeah. Yeah. And Andini, I think you, you know, you hit the nail on the head quite early on in the episode when you're talking about, you know, we tend to look at exes, but you need to look at it with any, any relationship, like friends that you cut out your life, family members that you stop speaking to. And, you know, things come, relationships come to an end for a reason. Sometimes it can be just because you're not right or suited for each other in terms of a romantic or intimate relationship where you spend your lives with each other day in, day out. Um, but sometimes if that person does something that is, you know, I'm not going to use the word unforgivable because I think everything can be forgiven. It's just a period of time, work and effort and some huge things take longer. And we're not going to go deep into forgiveness because that's for us and, and not for others. But maybe we'll look at that in a different episode. But it can be you know, really difficult when that, as you mentioned, when that person's really negative, when what they're doing is causing us pain, draining our energy, exhausting us, um, their reasons to cut them out and to the extent in which they've harmed us in some kind of way is the extent to whether or not we cut them off, whether we have a little bit of engagement with them, or we can still, I know people who have broken up and they're still the best of friends. They've stayed best of friends, they've moved on, got partners, and it's all good because they, you know, it's just they didn't have that connection to be together. Um, so it really varies and you know we can go deeper in, and look at all relationships and Maybe we can start to discuss or talk about to what extent of harm do we accept that people need to be cut up? How much do we take in a relationship before, and this is with friends, family, and our exes, before we decide, you know, we need, I need to cut you off, you need to be out of my life. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts. As I said earlier, repeated behavior. Um, is that person, yes, we all make mistakes. But do you rectify it or do you keep on doing the same thing? Is it that loop, that circle that just continues and continues? Are you um, depositing into that relationship or are you only withdrawing? Um, are you keeping on to hurt people? Are you keeping on your lies? Are you keeping on just doing that abuse? Or are you actually giving something? Because if you give something, that friendship will bloom forever. Um, but repeated behavior and changed behavior. You can make a mistake, but then you need to change and correct it. Um, and I think that that's one thing that I go on. If you keep on doing the same thing and the same thing over and over again, at the end of the day, I will stop the friendship, the relationship complete. But if you change, I'm a very forgiving person. Um, I forgive easily. 
um, I get upset maybe for five, 10 minutes or I think the longest is 24 hours and I'm over it and I move on. And I don't hold grudges. That That's another thing. You, if you forgive someone and if you move on and that person changed their behavior, you can't bring the past back up in any conversations because it's forgiven. It's the past. You can't, when you next something happens, bring I also bring old cows back. You can't do that. Um, and that's on you. And that goes for the other person as well because it's a two-way street. Yeah, thank you, Adele. Um, I always say this, uh, I don't know if this is, uh, you know, exact uh, measurement, but I always go with 80-20, you know, with anything. If I'm 80% happy and then 20%, mm, you know, not very happy, that's still okay. It's a good to go. So in friendship, relationship, you know, or in anything like that. So it's the same thing, I think, when it comes to exes or, or, or even anyone. If engaging with that person more more uh, anxious, angry, and all of that feeling, low feeling, then it's no good, you cut off. So really going back to basic, you know, touch your heart and then feel it. Like, is it engaging with that person make you say happier, lift you up? Or is it always causing that something, even if there is something that sometimes you cannot explain, you know, like, I don't know what it is, but every time I engage with this person or talking on the phone or in person or whatever, even to hear his name, it's just there is that feeling, you know, of contract or something, then maybe it's no good. So it's always, you know, ask your heart, how are you feeling? And why is that like that? For me, you know, yeah, back to, to, to my heart. Um, if I feel okay, then it's good to go. Yes, 20%, everybody will be annoying, you know. Uh, even the, the nice person, that 20% always there. But if it's 80% good, good. I like that concept of the, the 80 20. And I think you make a really good point because you know, not all relationships end on bad terms because somebody's cheated, because. Um, you know, something drastic has happened and maybe some form of abuse or something like that. Um, sometimes it's just you're not right with that person. And, you know, recent experience of myself is sometimes just when you engage with that person, your energy is drained. Sometimes people can just really drain our energy. Um, and I think I've felt this in, in past relationships as well. And some people can just get, you know, you it's great at the start, you really work together, supporting each other but then you know either you can fall into routines and kind of set behavior or i think people can sometimes get lost in themselves and they don't realize that they get lost in themselves and they become very kind of self-centered without being aware of it and this can be caused by external factors and other things that are going on um, and that in itself can can really drain energy and, and if a relationship's kind of ending like that for me then there's no harm in why you can't be friends and you can't continue to have a relationship where you you know you stay in touch you still care about each other and you know the odd time you have conversations or, or meet for coffee or things like that um you know i've, I've been with girls that I, I still talk to um they're not frequently like maybe just say happy birthday on the birthday and um, check in on them now and then or you know christmas new year all that sort of thing um and you know I've got no bad feelings. I don't have, and I think what we need to realize is for us is even if you're not friends with your ex or your friends, you need to let go of those bad feelings, those negative feelings that you have towards that person, not for them, but for you. 
because you're still holding on. If you feel negative feelings towards someone in your past, you're you're bringing yourself stuck to the past. You're still holding on to something that you need to learn to let go. Um, so yeah, I'm not saying be friends with everyone if they've done something bad. And if they have done something really bad, you know, to the point where it's emotional, physical, psychological abuse, and it was a really bad relationship, then you know you need to cut that person out. Um, and it's going to take time for you to process through this this whole journey of your own growth. Um, and it's not going to be easy, but you need to understand that that process is for you. And once you've cut them out, all you're doing is holding on to it yourself. You know, they probably don't give a shit. They probably don't care. They're probably living their life. They're probably doing what they've done to you, to somebody else. Um, and you just need to understand that you need to work on it for you and let that go for you. Del, I've seen you nodding there. Yeah, I can come with experience from that because I've gone through that, that period. Um, and as I said earlier, I've, I've forgiven that person for my own good. It It's not for, for that person's good, it's for mine. And it took me years and a lot of work. And I finally got there. And um, I'm happy. I'm happy the way it is. My kids are happy. And we're moving forward. Um, but that <laughs> to get to that decision, to finally just say, you know, up to here and no more to courage. And it took a long time. And then that healing process afterwards took some time. And um, it's always, with, with me, I put the kids first. I had to put their well-being first um, in making those decisions. And we had discussions. And I know they said, everyone says, but don't involve your kids. But when it affects them, you need to talk about it. You, you need to involve them. Um, and they shared their feelings with me. And it was, it was very open. And that's where the decisions came from. And we said, you know what? We'll just move on. Um, we're not going to try anymore. I mean, there was times in the beginning where I used to drive and I used to say, let's go see, maybe he's at home. And then he's not home. Um, then the kids can't see him. We really tried. Um, it's not that we just like said, no, um, you're not seeing the kids. As I said, the option was there. Um, but it, it's a process. Um, and forgiveness has to happen, even forgiving yourself, not just even the other person. That, that to me is key. Um, I don't know, Andina, did you go through that process where you had to forgive yourself as well? Yes, absolutely. It's a long process, uh, as Adele said. It's not like easy. And it took me like years to arrive to this point, even though like two years for me to heal uh, from the broken heart to be okay to, you know, uh, speaking term. And then from then on, even after we, we are in speaking term, there is always, uh, I remember in the early stage, clash because, you know, it's kind of we are entering new relationship as exes and, you know, into co-parenting. And there was always that moment, I feel like, he thinks he knows better about kids and I want to explain to him that it's not, you know, you're not better, let's communicate. And But uh, we always say, okay, what's going on here? Like, we always remind, you know, each other, remember the important is kids, not our ego. And then we move on again, you know, sometimes we left it like that, uh, you know, we continue the conversation, for example, the next day, because 
there were many, many moments that, you know, we are like having that hippie conversation because I think now looking back, it's not necessarily just that problem, but I think we still carry on our own, I don't know, from the past, you know, our judgment toward him is like, oh, he always does that when he was with me and I don't want him to do that anymore. But of course I didn't say that, but that's what come up, you know? So there's always that. And then slowly, slowly, like, you know, drop that thing, drop that. So now I would say, even though it's not perfect, but much, much, much better. Uh, but yes, Adele is a long process. So just on that, Andini, um, how did you set boundaries in that instance when you moved from that romantic relationship, that breakup, to then becoming friends again? And what boundaries did you put in place? Yeah. So at the beginning, when I said, okay, enough is enough, our relationship is ended, um, because this is like ended maybe the third time, because we tried and, you know, don't go. So I remember saying to him, listen, I said, I need to go. I need to go for two weeks to, uh, I, I remember like, there is saying like, if you lost someone, find yourself. So I felt like I lost him. I lost the love, you know, and I lost myself. So I need to find myself. So I went to Indonesia for two weeks, just myself. And it was shocked because usually he always said like, oh, if you leave, you lose your kid or something like that. There was all this very bitter moment, you know. And in that moment, I said, like, I don't even care anything. I need to find myself. And I said, yeah, I said, it's okay. It's fine. If that's what you want, you take care of the kids. I'm going because I really need this time for myself to figure out everything. So I left. And when I come back, I said to him, okay, listen to me. I'm going to take care of the kids. We are done. I don't want you to call me, to in touch with me. Let me heal myself because I don't want to get confused. Because every time he can call like in the middle of night, oh, how is the kids? And I feel like we are done. Why are you calling me? Like, you know, sometimes he just came and bringing all the shopping or here is for the kids. And it's just confusing in my mind, you know, oh, he's nice, he's this. So then I, I set that boundaries at the beginning. So I said, I will be contacting you. And he was like, oh, how about the kids? I want to talk to the kids. Don't worry, you know, just trust me. I'm, his, I'm their mother. They said, no, he said, no, I cannot do that. I cannot not speaking with my kids. I said, take your kids. I just don't want to have that conversation with you right now. I need space. So he see, I was so strict, you know, with myself. So he said, okay, fine. So he let me alone. And then a month later, I contacted him. I said, okay, I think I'm okay enough to have conversation and start from there. And at any point, I said, talking only about kids. So that's, I think, bond. I, I set really clear boundaries. It is always about kids. When he start like, maybe saying like, oh, how are you feeling? I said, it's none of, you know, it's none of your concern that thank you, but don't ask me about how I feel and everything. I heal myself, don't worry. Just talk about kids. So then he sees slowly, slowly, oh, okay. Is, she is serious, you know, very strict. And then I was very happy because I starting to heal and I, I'm very, very happy. And yeah, uh, things starting to, to be good again. I found myself. I love myself back. And someone come to my life. So I, I was like ready, you know. <laughs> so it's nice. Oh, that's good and it's 
what's highlighted for me and what it's illustrating is, you know, it's been a journey to, to get to where you are. It's not just, you know, you ended happily and you've gone into this nice friendship. It's taken time from both your end and um, your ex's end as well to to grow, find yourselves, move on to that next period of your life. And then, and then you've got to this point where you do have that, that healthy friendship um, for the benefit of your kids, which, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting topic. Um, you know, can we be friends with our ex? Yeah, I want to share this uh, when it comes to kids. I, I love Adele, what she say about, you know, the kids have choices. And yes, I, I also give that choice to the kids, uh, but mine was a lot younger. And I imagine now adults, when that happened, it's already teenagers, you know? Uh, they were very small, but I remember my eldest is very mommy boy and he's so argument between me and my ex, you know, when we were together. And I think he always protected over me. And I remember when he was cheated and he went to take my son, you know, after we separated and then he took my son there and he never liked it because I think, you know, oh, I'm a mommy's boy. I should be with mom. I shouldn't go there with the other woman or something. When he came back, I remember him saying this, oh, I'm not very happy over there. I didn't even talk. I didn't eat. I just like, I'm being my miserable self. You know, my son was saying that. And there is part of me jumping with joy. This is very early. And I was like, yes, he's my son. And then the good part of me came in and and said to me, like, really, Andini, are you happy your son behaving like that? Because feeding your ego. And just like that, I snapped myself. I was like, no, my son shouldn't be doing that. Because for me, he should be this nice person as he is, kind, nice to anyone, regardless if it's another woman that, like, took, let's say, my man. You know, so then I said, oh, darling, I said, you shouldn't do that. It's okay. I said, you can be nice, you know, to anyone. That's hurt me, but I did it. And I'm happy because I don't want my son to have that bitter towards someone because, you know, it doesn't matter. And then, but then as we go along, as, as, as the time goes, you know, I start showing him as well that I am okay. Look, I'm okay. I think that was a very, very important lesson for me. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. That is an important lesson. And we can see that all the time where, you know, parents do start to get bitter, they start to play games and they start, it gets to the point where they can actually use their children as weapons against the other person and it can get really sour. But I don't want to go down that route today. I just want to bring us a little bit further up. So we've still got some time. So we've talked about, you know, your exes with children, um, but let's take the conversation a little bit differently a different angle for kind of the younger generation um the people who don't have kids because kids do make things a bit more complex there's a lot more to think about you can go to a lot of deep you've got extra parties to think about but just in general what's your thoughts around being friends with exes where you don't have kids with them Andini, you said you've got had many exes in the past Adele, i'm sure you've had exes before your husband too and that you don't have kids with so what about them what's your thoughts and then I can join this conversation as well. I can <laughs> I don't have kids. So. You know, Paul, for me, it is on the type of relationship and the reasons why you, you why you split up. Um, and you could be in a narcissistic, abusive relationship. Then it's better to to 
not have any contact because it's and I mean you get female narcissists and you get male narcissists. It, it, it's it's a fact. If it's a it, if it was a beautiful relationship and things just didn't work out, um, you can remain friends. You don't have to just write people off left, right, and center. As as I said in the beginning, it depends on the situation, um, and it depends on behaviors and repeated behaviors um, and changed behaviors. Um, but if if you guys, if if the, the couple had a beautiful relationship, and um, for various reasons you split up, you can remain friends. If you did not harm a person or manipulated a person, there's no reason why you can't be friends. So um, I can I can give you a reason there, Dale. So I think there's one thing we're missing. Okay, um, and I think it's a good conversation here. So. There might not have any, been anything that happened in the relationship that was as far as narcissistic or abuse or elements of control, anything like that. But one thing that I've found that can stop people from being friends is attachment. So things might have been good and happy. You might be breaking off. It might be more one-sided than the other. And if that other party is attached, it can make it very difficult for us to be friends. Yeah, no, that? That I can... Yeah, I can I, totally agree with it because then I won't say love is actually being a factor it's just a form of attachment I can't continue without you you mean everything to me I then you can't remain friends um attachment is is very important um you have to detach um and basically uncouple completely yeah, no, and I can talk from both ends of um, the spectrum. So I've, I've been, so for example, my first ever girlfriend that I was with, we were together four years and I had a, a really good relationship with her family. I actually moved out of home and moved in with her family and we lived together for a year. Her family was so nice. We built up a really good relationship with everybody. And then when we broke up in this scenario, I was quite attached. Um, not just to her, but to the family as well, and the love and care and everything that they shared to me, the kindness that they give. Um, and, you know, her family was like, you can stay in friends, you can pop around, you can do this. But because I was young, I didn't understand. I had those feelings of attachment, and I just couldn't. I didn't want to see them. I didn't want to see her. I needed to cut off and break off completely. And we never stayed friends. And, you know, it's got to the point now, um, it was probably a couple of years ago, I'm over it, you know, the attachment gone, the forgiveness, but then it's too late. I think there's an element of time where you can be friends. You know, I would have a conversation, you know, I'd like to have a cup of tea with her or whatever, or just chat with her, see how her life's going on, how things have unfolded, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, she's got a new partner, she's engaged now, all that sort of stuff. You can it, it there's a time where that, that just happens and it misses off. So for me, attachment plays a whole role. And I've been on it on the other end of the spectrum understood where I've been with a girl I'm being the one that's broke it off and they've been attached and I'm happy to still have that that relationship in terms of friendship and to still stay in touch but they cannot because they become attached as well so attachment plays a key role and people I think we, we need to understand that you know that you can't even if you are attached you can but as you mentioned Adele you need to decouple you need to get rid of that detachment um, and so you need to detach get rid of that attachment and then, but the timing's got to be right for you to to speak or reach out again. Um, and forgiveness, if you know, forgiveness needs to play a place either way. Um, 
You know, and as you mentioned, Adele, the glimpses it's hard at first, but then you start to forgive people quite easy, quite simply. You know, in the case of five, five, ten minutes, and it doesn't matter. You, it, people see forgiveness as a weakness. It's not. It doesn't mean you have to stay with them. You have to make the effort. You can forgive people, let them go, let them be happy, go on their way, or you know, just let it go for yourself. So for me, attachment is a is a big key in whether or not we can or can't be friends with our ex. And Dini, it'd be good to hear your thoughts on attachment. No, yeah, I agree with both of what you're saying. I think you said it all. Um, you know, attachment, yes, be grow because, um, yeah, you can't be with anyone having the attachment because then it's heavy on us, you know. Um, so with exes, <laughs> can we be friends? Or we, if we don't have kids, like, can we be friends? Yes, this is yes and no. Again, like how you feel about that relationship, you know, if it's too much for you and every time you meet up and it's always there is thing that make you unhappy, then that's not good, not healthy relationship, you know, it's toxic, toxic for you and for them. So cut it off. You have to move on. You know, you know, you know what's good for you. Again, back to your feeling. How are you feeling when you spend time with that person, either on the phone or but then my exes, <laughs> which is many more than two, well, it's not many. <laughs> but in my experience i don't i don't i'm not friends with them because most of them in all different countries <laughs> many exes from different countries <laughs> so but if i meet one day anywhere i would say hello maybe i don't know you know but i don't have any feelings i don't you know i don't have to be friends and i'm not enemy they're nothing. They're all disappear. I don't know. But if I meet one day, <laughs> yeah, I'll say hello. So your, your international experience, yeah. <laughs> so you've been, yeah. and you've been to more than two places, yeah, which is not many. Not many. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. And, so if there is no, you raise an interesting point, Andini, because. Even when you meet up, then points might not be negative, but I don't know if you've ever had experience where you've met up and those feelings are positive, but they just don't feel the same. I've had, again, that's both ways. So you, if you try to be friendship and you cannot because there's always that desire, that want for more and um, for one of them, and the other one's like, no, like, I don't want more. Like, it's, it's over for me. That can be so hard as well. And that's where you need to start to detach. And do you really want to put yourself, you know, you've got to ask yourself a question, do you really want to put yourself through that pain if you, you know, being friends and trying to work, then watching them move on with someone else, but you still have that attachment, there's, there's, there's still feelings. That's going to be difficult for you as well. I agree with you. It's, it's difficult. And the thought that came to mind now, and it's a question I want to ask both of you, is how important is being comfortable with that person to you? I don't know what you mean by that, Adele, because you know, for in terms of comfort, that's key in a relationship. And if you don't feel comfortable in a relationship, then that's the biggest sign you can have that you shouldn't be with that person. No, I, I mean when you've split up, um, and you meet up, like you say, you meet up for a coffee. Are you uncomfortable? Do you feel like you don't really belong there? That there's not that connection anymore? Or are you comfortable and you can? speak like you, you're just normal friends and nothing ever actually happened between the two of you. How comfortable are you? So for me, that depends on our, where we are on our personal growth journey. So for me now, I could comfortably sit and have a conversation with anybody that has been in my past. 
as a friend with no desire, no want or no need and no connection still there, just from a place of, of love and wanting them to, to find out they're happy and just to support them. So, But you asked me that seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, the answer would be no, I wouldn't be able to be in sit in the room because I know those feelings would might come back. Everyone worries that the feelings are going to come back. And sometimes they do. If you're still holding on to a piece of that past, you're still attached to a piece of that ta- past, those attachments, those feelings are going to come flooding back and because you haven't done the work to let it go um, or, and moved on fully with, with your life and what you're doing. And not just when we talk about, and this is for anyone who's going through a breakup, I'd like to share this. When we talk about moving on with your lives, a lot of people jump on thinking you need to move on with somebody else, but it's not. When you move on with your life, the important thing is, is you're moving on to a new chapter. You're finding who you are. You're moving on with yourself. And that way is how you can, that's how you can start to release those attachments from the past. It's not moving on with someone physically, someone else, and that, that's going to cause more problems down the line if you jump into relationship after relationship. It's finding a way to move on from that, fill the hole that they've left you if you are attached, because that's essentially what they've done. They've been a huge part of your life. They've left you with a hole, and you need to fill that yourself. It needs to come from you, not with another person, because even after that person, when you break up with that person, you're still going to have those feelings from the original one if that person doesn't fill that hole. And the only way you can feel that is through yourself and understand who you are, what motivates you, what your passion is, what your purpose is, and, and living the life that you want to live. That's where I say um, the journey I was on, it's finding myself. I went and I found who I am and I found myself um, because over the, that period that we were together, I've never realized how much I changed that I actually lost my own essence. And I took that journey um, by staying out of any relationships just to build myself up again and find myself. And I know it sounds very egotistical, but you need to do that. You need to discover that, like you said, you have to know what's your purpose and who you really are. And that's key. And jumping into relationships is not going to help you. It's not going to benefit you. It is, for me, going to create more confusion because it's like, you, you, as you said, you just fill that void with another person. And is that fair towards the other person at the end of the day? But, but how is it egotistical to focus on you? No, what I mean is like, it, it comes to like, you you just thinking of yourself. It, it comes back to that I. Um, I found myself. I found my purpose. That I, for me, it just speaks ego. And it's not about that. Um, it's about finding that inner peace and who you really are. It, it's not that you just become self-centered because you get people that so self-centered and just speak so highly of themselves um and that to me is ego you still need to be humble in in that case while you're still working on yourself yeah but the one thing we need to understand is you know you can never remove your ego and and these people who are spiritually on there saying that they remove this there's no way you can do it that's an ego trip to try and remove your ego ego is something we need to live with and it's something we need to nurture and we can nurture it in two ways 
So for me, egotistical is moving on from that relationship and telling yourself, you know, I deserve better than them. I'm better than who they are. Um, you know, I was the one in the relationship. Like, they're going to miss out. They're going to lose out on me. They're going to regret this in the long run. That's all the egotistical stuff that comes from it. But to say, look, this relationship didn't work out for me. Um, it's, you know, we feel what we feel to heal it. It didn't work out for me. Um, there was not negativity in there. Maybe they cheated on me. Maybe they abused me. You know, they, but, you know, it's stepping up that mode of victim. And for me, it's moving in and being more humble with it and saying, right, I'm not going to jump into anyone else with anyone else. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to focus on me and what I want. I've, I've, because we can lose ourselves in relationships. We can sacrifice too much. We can change so much of ourselves in that relationship. And we need to find ourselves again. It's the important thing is to find ourselves. Um, and for me, it's not egotistical to focus on us and what we want. We're here because when we find, and what people don't understand is when we find what really drives us, what really motivates us, what really makes us passionate and purpose, we can give so much to others, so much. And we walk around happy. And when we're happy, we're, we're spreading that like wildfire. We're making other people happy. That energy is amazing. So for me, it's not egotistical. It's the least egotistical thing we can do is focus on ourselves because then we're going to be able to give to so many people. And Dini, you've gone quiet. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I Yeah, I've been just listening and I agree. Uh, this thing, I think this topic, you, you know, we can make it as complicated as we can or as simple as we can. Um, but... I don't know if this is uh, maybe to end this. Um, I don't know if it's ending yet this conversation. But working on myself is one of the best thing to do. You know, uh, to to repair or to heal from anything, any heartbreak. Uh, yeah, for me, it's just like focusing on myself, being better for me first. I remember, like I said earlier, I even like ignore. Okay, you know what? Even when the kids like at the risk and i'm just like you know uh, they're saying like you cannot give what you do not have so if i don't have the love for myself how can i give to my children so that's why i was like i need to repair myself i need to heal i need to give the love to myself and all of that once that healing slowly slowly you become more open because love is always open yeah uh, and fear is closed, you know, your heart is closed, so there's nothing can come in anymore. Even the new love maybe cannot come. But as soon as you base on love, the love is like open, your heart is open, it's lighter, you feel at ease, and you live your life easier, it's not easy. So even when come like, you know, your, your ex maybe start doing whatever, you know, uh, annoy you or something, you have that different, uh, you know, you come from different feelings or I don't know how you call it. You know, it's not come from that, ah, oh, here he go again. I'm going to do this. I'm going to show him or all of that, you know. Uh, but you can, okay, here we go. He's doing this again. Let me think, like, what can I do? And you have that, you know, centered and it's better to to face those challenges which always come. Even now, I have to say, I am in a very good dynamic relationship between my husband, my ex-husband, you know, kids, uh, this in-law, that's in-law, really, really good. I still have challenges that I have to face. 
No. And we're always going to have challenges in, in everything we do, no matter what road we take. Um, and even if there isn't kids involved and we still have a friendship, there's going to still be things you disagree. There's still going to be, like any friend, there's going to be disagreements, there's going to be challenges in that relationship um, with everyone and everyone we interact with. So just to bring this to a bit of a close, um, just to summarise everything you've talked about, just in a couple of sentences, how would you like to finish today's podcast in terms of can we be friends with our ex? I would say, and I'm going to repeat myself again, is look out for changed behavior and repeated behavior. Um, and that's where you're basically going to base your decision on. Because you can be friends if the behavior has changed. But if it's repeated behavior, then it's better to just cut the ties and move on and do the forgiveness process. I think for me, the, back to you know asking yourself, uh, you know how you feel. The eighty twenty is uh, very crucial. How are you feeling engaging with those person? You know, with your ex, having kids, no kids. If you feel eighty percent bad all the time, it's toxic. Move on. You know, get out of that uh, because it's not good for you and for your kids, especially if you have kids. But if you are eighty percent, yeah, you're feeling good. Carry on. Be friends with exes or anyone that give you that feeling. Yeah, no, some really good words from you both. And I agree, Andini, you know, that toxicity, any abuse, any narcissistic behavior that's happened, cut that person out, get them out of your energy. And that's not just with a partner that you've been with, but anybody who's like that in your relationship, friends, work colleagues, whatever, you need to spend as least time as possible and get away from them sort of people as soon as you can. And the only thing I'd like to add is, just think about the attachment that you have with that person or the attachment that they have with you. And sometimes if they are attached to you, you might need to be that person that breaks that. But whenever there's attachment involved, it's very difficult to, to form a friendship because there's always going to be that desire and that want for something more from the other person. And that's going to cause conflicts and it's going to cause kind of tension in the energy between the two of you so that's how i'd like to to sum up my final words off and um, if you're tuned in you're listening if you've got any experiences just if you just want to say yes or no in the comments box just please let us know are you friends with one of your exes tell us your experience tell us your thoughts um what is going through your mind what's been difficult and the challenges with you to try and be friends with your ex you know this is something that everybody we've all got exes we've all been there um some of us may not if we've been married a long time but the majority of us do have access so share your thoughts in the comments box below if you're listening to this in the community put it in our, in our hub put it in our hub comments if you're listening to this through anchor spotify drop us a message and um, leave your voice note we'd love to add you to the end of our podcast too so we can hear your thoughts and really get some discussions going forward if you want to feature on a webinar and really go deep on this topic with us or you want to write an article then email us at the hub at coachingminds.co.uk that's the hub at coachingminds.co.uk and we will get you on screen get you on camera facilitate discussion or we'll publish your article on our website i want to say a huge thank you to adele and and dini it's been a really really great discussion thank you for sharing your very different perspectives with being so open with each other and um, really listening and learning from each other i felt that that's happened today which has been fantastic and, and thank you for sharing those personal experiences i'm, I'm really really grateful and i'm sure our listeners are too 